It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is a very, very somber Landon McCool. Hmm. Landon, what is going on, buddy? I'm wearing I'm wearing all black. I'm uh, I I've been wearing sunglasses to hide the tears all day. Mm. Uh, the Cowboys have uh, have lost. Uh, I don't want to say the most important player on the team. <laughs> But I would say, you know, Dak and him are probably neck and neck, to be honest. Uh, Oh, man. (laughs) I I knew this was going to be a rough day for you. So in case you don't know what we're talking about, uh, I think it was on Friday, Jameez Olawali, the Cowboys starting fullback, announced that he has opted out of the 2020 season. Uh, He is the third Cowboys player to opt out. Um, And of the three that we know of so far, this is easily the most significant because Olawali was a starter. He did play a significant amount of snaps last year, and they don't really have a ton of great options to replace him. So um, what do the Cowboys do with the fullback position now, Landon? Well, we're going to see. I mean, I, I think there's been some suggestion you know, by absolute monsters that they just don't play any fullback this year. Um, and I don't know if those particular commentators just have no soul or uh, had it stolen in some sort of Mephesto type uh, at the crossroads deal with the devil. But either way, uh, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, you made your deal with running backs a long time ago. Uh, The, I I just think, you know, know, right now, I I think the name that everyone is, is, you know, looking towards is, and and kind of was looking towards before too, as potentially, you know, Competition for uh, Olawale is uh, Olana Lua, say Olana Lua, who is the TCU mm-hmm. running back, uh, 6'2", 230 plus. Uh, you know, he, tr- more of a true running back last year at TCU, part of a kind of a two headed monster there. Um, and I, I think, you know, the thought process even before, you know, Olawale had made his decision, even before COVID was the thing that we were talking about in relation to football. Uh, the discussion had been right when he had gotten signed to potentially make a move to fullback. So I, I think that might be the initial plan. Uh, and then, you know, I think likely, I think if McCarthy is smart, he probably is going to have to come up with a contingency that includes using tight ends in that position because I, I just feel like, you know, and I think another guy that, that could potentially be in this mix here is that they decide to keep someone like charlie t as another undrafted mm-hmm. free agent uh from sure, portland yeah. state i think and, and more more of an h back though than probably a traditional forward. yeah i mean but i think that that's uh, you know honestly like with as much 11 personnel as they're running 
you know, I, I and that's the thing. And you know, I, I I just mentioned this to you. I I I'm a big fan of Jeff Cavanaugh. And I watched one of his YouTube videos the other day too, and he was talking about not even wanting a fullback on 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 the roster and all that. And and I you know I understand the sentiment. I you know that you're a you're a horrible monster, and you would suggest something like that. Uh, and and you have the soul. Uh, again, I bring that up. But no. But beyond that too, yeah. I, I I guess I understand the idea of like not wanting to you know add players to the box and, and kind of viewing it from that point of view. But if you look back at you know West Coast offenses, you know all of them. All of them use that type of, of archetype position in, in their in their game plans. So Well, I, I was going to say, here, here's the problem. And I think Cowboys fans got kind of a bad taste of a fullback over the last decade, right? Because they've had guys like Keith Smith and uh, Tony Fiametta who were basically just more traditional fullbacks. And that typically does bring extra guys into the box. Um, and then when they had somebody like Jameez Olawali, who we think is a more of a receiving option at fullback, and then they don't use him, it's kind of like, what's what the point of having that guy yeah, in the roster? The right. So, so my question to you is this, Landon. What type of fullback makes sense in this Mike McCarthy offense? And what does, that, what does the, the job of that player need to do uh, for him to be successful for the Cowboys? Well, I mean, that's why I think a guy like Charlie T could do it because it really isn't very far off from what we are defining as a an H-back. Uh, you know, some teams, the, some designations will call it an F-back. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. just an F, really. I mean, an F in a, in a lot of these, uh, uh, of these offenses, F just implies... You know, either an offset player that's a second running back, wherever he's lined up. So, uh, I think that you know you're going to see a lot of kind of releases into the flats, uh, releases into you know the short, shallow part of the field. Uh, you know, I think when you have an athletic guy like Olawale, you can do things like run, have him run a wheel route from the fullback, from an offset yeah. fullback. That's really difficult for you know even linebacker even safeties to cover him because of his speed you know and just the angle that 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 creates i think you know on the blocking front you're looking more like arc blocking it's not so much uh lead blocking into the hole you know it's it's more uh coming around the edge and and taking on the flow uh flowing linebacker or uh you know taking on a, a a a box safety uh you know on a sweep situation so you know i think that it's more uh, in this system, it, you know, especially in a, in a zone-based system, you're even more leaning into the fact that it's not the uh, Daryl Johnson type fullback. You don't yeah, need the neck yeah. roll. You're not burying defensive tackles at the line of scrimmage in order to get an extra three inches so you're running back to get the first down. It's, it's more of a... Uh, being capable, being able to stand, you know, I think that's the thing about fullback. It takes a certain amount of physical athleticism to even just be a guy who could stand in the way of, of a modern sure, defensive sure. end. So I, even that kind of shielding, sealing off, sealing off flowing linebackers, that kind of blocking, getting the way blocking for kind of zo- outside zone and inside zone, just uh, creating a crease and allowing a crease and allowing a spot for a running back to run off your butt. And then, you know, like I said, being athletic enough that your presence on the field dictates a mismatch with the down, you know, the down roster defensive player that's assigned to you in man coverage. You know, whether it's a, 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 yeah. a fat linebacker who can't cover you or uh, a safety who is 
uh, undersized, and you know if you can get the ball quickly to him, then maybe he can break a tackle and keep rumbling up the field. So it's just really, you know, it's it's kind of a combination outlet blocker, jack of all trades, and then a guy who's going to also play special teams. I think it's a lot of different roles all rolled into one, but I still feel like it's it's a necessary role in, in most offenses. Yeah, we're looking at, you know, guys that are more like Kyle Huescheck yeah. than like Lorenzo yeah. Neal, right? You know, the guys with the massive shoulder pads that are the lead blocker. The guys that can do a little bit of everything but are more uh, of a receiving threat. Uh, I've got a couple names that I want to talk about as potential replacements. But before we do that, I wanted to tell you guys about DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you your food when you're craving it right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the United States, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash delivers are now contactless to keep communities uh, that we operate safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first Locked On order. Uh, just make sure you get use that code Locked On uh, to get free $15 worth of delivery. That's $5 off your initial delivery, $15 total when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code Locked On. Don't forget, that's, locked, that's the code Locked On for $5 off your first DoorDash delivery. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, Landon, I've got a couple different guys that I want to bring up uh, that could potentially replace Jimmy Zolawali. Uh, you mentioned Sewo. You mentioned maybe Charlie T. I was looking around at other rosters in the NFL to see what fullbacks maybe won't make a certain team or guys that are buried on depth charts. And I got to say, there's not a lot of fullback depth in the NFL. Uh, But there are a couple guys. Um, What about Rod Smith, who the Cowboys have had before in that fullback running back hybrid role? Would you be interested in bringing him back as a fullback? Has he been playing running back where he is now, or has he been playing fullback? Yeah, so he was with the he was with the Giants last yeah. year. Uh, then he came over to the Raiders at the end of the year, that. played really more as a special teamer. Yeah. Now he's under contract with the Raiders, but he's not going to make the final roster. So you could probably flip a late conditional pick for him. Is that interesting to you? You know, potentially, just because I think I I liked Rod Smith what he did. Obviously, I didn't feel like he was a. Uh, you know, uh, kind of more what that uh, regime was looking for at a fullback, right? The, the kind of move a body yeah. or, or you know, dig, a, dig a linebacker out type. 
I do think that in this kind of thing, he, this is again where he may thrive. Like this, this is a better fit for him uh, now that the position has kind of moved into uh, a, more of a, a jack of all trades, catching the ball, you know, shielding defenders as opposed to digging digging him out. I, I think that's kind of it. Does fit more what Rod Smith does. I don't know. You know, all that experience was was with a different coaching staff, so. I don't know if that is going to necessarily make him uh, more, you know, appetizing to this coaching staff necessarily. They may feel better about what they've got with Charlie T and, and Seu Alonalua just because they, they, you know, they chose those guys. I certainly wouldn't be against it. I do think that this is a even better, you know, fit for his skill set than, you know, the the than the fit I guess he was put in when he was put in fullback the last time he was with the Cowboys. Yeah, he's interesting just because I do think he can do a little bit of everything. Um, We'll see what the Raiders end up doing there. I I don't anticipate him making the roster. Um, I'm also looking at a couple other situations around the league. Uh, Denver's got a bunch of tight ends. Uh, They actually just released Jeff Huerman, a tight end from Ohio State. He's available, but uh, Denver on the roster right now has guys like uh, Noah Fant, Albert O, Nick Vanette, uh, Troy Fumagalli was somebody oh, that yeah. I liked a while ago. Jake Butt from Michigan is still hanging around on the roster. Did any of those guys between Fumagalli and Butt make a little sense for the Cowboys? I mean, honestly, like some of those guys make sense as tight ends. You know, I I, I think you. That's why what you have to. Do. You might have to do yeah. that. Yeah, you might just have to go a little deeper at tight end and kind of you know moonlight one of those guys at fullback when you need him yeah i mean i think that that's something that's you know part of what the solutions are gonna have to look at i mean a guy like i mean i i really liked alberto i i liked uh troy fumigali kind of more as that uh you know in between tight end and fullback type player right mm-hmm. um yeah i mean I, i'm really surprised that jake butt I mean, I, I guess I should because there's you know, there's pretty severe, uh, you know, numbers for players that don't play their first year and that are injured the first year that yeah. they don't make it. Yeah. But I, I, Jake Butt was a guy that I thought was a really talented tight end and just has not done anything at any point for them. So I, no. I, I yeah, I mean that I just I didn't really realize how deep that class that group is at for Denver but I mean I think you know maybe getting one of those guys I do think I do wonder now that you've lost Olawale does that make you uh more interested in going longer at, at the tight end position you know or, or do you find a guy that is a do you make it more of an effort to find a tight end slash fullback as opposed to a running back slash fullback now I, I just think they need to find their James Hanna type, yeah. right? Kind of that utility guy that can play the H-back and play tight end, can be your third tight end. Maybe it's Blake Bell. I, I don't think it's Blake Bell, but I think you know maybe they'll give him an opportunity to kind of work in that role. Um, it, just not a lot of depth at that position across the league, and you go look in free agency. You know, we were looking at some, some options before we jumped on the show, and Man, the the free agent market for fullbacks is pretty short, and the guys that are available are older and have played a lot. And fullback is a position that you just don't last very no. long in the NFL. So, um, I mean, it sounds weird, but it's going to actually be pretty hard for the Cowboys to put, replace Olawali. Um, you know, he obviously is not. I mean, 
maybe not to to you, but to most people, he's not the most important person on the roster. But he is one of the more difficult ones I mean, to replace, I, just yeah. because there's not a lot of guys. I out think that's there. what you're showing is that it, it, it's you know, yeah, he's not the most uh, uh, you know valued player. He's not essential. Uh, as, as some other you know roles are on the team, but he's a very difficult pl- uh, piece to replace because uh, of how difficult game day roster construction is. You, you need guys who uh, can come in and, and play a variety of roles, and usually the fullback comes in, and you, you know you traditionally think of him as only the kind of you know maybe potential lead blocker, a guy who can catch passes. But, I mean, that role also serves as a main special teams player, as a guy who yeah. can also be a yeah. backup running back and a backup tight end if you need him to be. So, uh, yeah, I do think that if the Cowboys don't have – this is not a great time of year to be uh, shopping for that position necessarily because, like you said, the, I mean, the real problem is is that the, the league doesn't bring these players into the league very often. They create these players no, kind of no. out of what they can find and you, you, you undrafted free agent. They they take running backs and they turn them into fullbacks. They take tight shorter tight ends and they, they convince them to move to, t- to fullback. There's very few players, it feels like, that come out of the, of college ranks as a fullback and then get drafted or signed as, as a fullback. Like, that's just... And that and that shows you just in the undrafted... or the, the uh, unrestricted free agent market at fullback. There's just... The numbers are, are tiny. So, I think right. the Cowboys are kind of in a spot right now where they're not... They're shopping for that position is not... You know, it's it's never a very full. Uh, uh, the, the the cupboard's bare most of the time, so you're gonna need to figure out a way to make your own fullback, uh, maybe cobbled together out of like we said, Charlie T, Seolanaua, maybe a guy like Rico Dowdle could give you some snaps there. You mentioned Blake Bell. I mean, Cole Hikatini, maybe. You know, I think all oh, these yeah. guys are, are people that will get shots to kind of take that role and see what they can do with it, and, and then we'll see what happens. I can't believe we're, we've spent 16 I, minutes of what this do you podcast mean? already talking about fullbacks. I, I actually have another. As I was say, I have another question uh, for you. So this is going to turn into a 20-minute podcast on fullbacks, which is ridiculous. Um, going into this training camp, I thought it was basically a lock that the Cowboys were only going to carry two running backs on their active roster with Zeke and Pollard because Olawali could do a lot of the running back stuff if you needed him. Now I'm not sure. How do they handle that running back position? Do they keep another one? Because you you really can't go into the season with only two running backs. What do they do at that spot now that Alawali has opted out? Well, it becomes a more comprehensive problem, right? I mean, I think that's again. So, like, are they gonna are they gonna end up keeping two more players because of one guy opting out, like an extra tight end and an extra yeah, running back? Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's the thing. Is like, I, I think. Again, like, I mean, we're all laughing about this and we're all, you know, it's fun. But I, I'm telling you, like, there is something to the idea that the fullback, you know, maybe not viewed through the the lens of how let's rank the, the 11 players at, at which position is most valuable. Maybe not in the view of stats or in fantasy. But if we're talking about roster construction, which is what these guys have to do with every single week, if you're talking about building a 53-man roster and, and having a game day roster that can yeah. can do all the things you need, you need guys like this fullback or, or just a fullback in general. You need a guy who can go in there and block the times that you need that extra blocker, but that can also serve as a running back if, if, if something goes wrong, who can play special teams, who can do a little bit of everything, can play tight end if you need him to. I, I think there is value in these sort of 
uh, uh, utility players that can do a little bit of everything, and they become increasingly difficult to replace if you can't find a way to get them on the roster. And, so, and usually it ends up being uh, a, a, a mix and match of multiple people having to take that one person's job. I've got a hot take. Fullbacks matter more than running backs do. Wow. As we just went through, it's it's hard it's harder to replace a good fullback than it is a good running back, right? You can find running backs all over the street. You know, the Cowboys could bring in uh, a free agent running back right now like Devontae Freeman and be fine. I don't know about fullback. Hmm. So uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about a position that actually does matter. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon, let's talk about kickers. Um, the Cowboys... <laughs> how, I that? mean, just you went uh, straight the- to break after <laughs> taking a dunk on me and then, and then just thought I wasn't going to say anything as we come out of break. Fullbacks are uh, running backs, so they both matter. Sure. Uh, kickers, the most important. No. Um, the Cowboys do have some interesting news coming out of their special teams room uh, this this weekend. Yes. Uh, the Cowboys released Kai Forbath, who performed really well for Dallas this year, making all 10 of his field goals after they cut Brett Maher. Uh, we thought it was going to be a kicking competition in training camp, but with the Cowboys having to cut down their roster to 80, they decided to go with Craig Zerline, who they signed uh, this offseason, what was your thoughts when the Cowboys made that move official by releasing Forbath? Well, I, you know, I think with everything that's going on with, with the cutdowns and the rosters and everything, I, I just I felt like it was not surprising. You know, they just, with the extra numbers that they had to get down to, the shorter, uh, the shorter training camp, uh, I just think that the you know, evaluation period is gone. Uh, I, I think that you ha- basically have limited ability now to have a, a group of players that you can evaluate outside of your uh, rookies. Uh, and so I think the luxury of having a second uh, kicker on this team for a kicking competition was just one that the Cowboys could no longer afford, having to cut down to 80 instead. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, there's the kicking situation, and again, it kind of goes to what we were just discussing is what what you know what is the market going to look like what's the market going to look like you know when when it comes down to the regular season the kicker market probably is going to look identical you know i don't know how yeah. I, in fact it may get even a little bit better uh, uh when we get closer oh yeah cuz there's there's some teams carrying two kickers yeah, right now yeah so I, I think that the the cowboys looked at the situation and said all right well look i mean it's a it's a it's a crapshoot with kickers in general. Either way, neither one of these guys is a sure thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't really afford to do a kicking competition, anyways. So uh, let's let's go with the guy that we that our coaching staff feels more comfortable with, which was Zerlin because of the, the familiarity there. And then you know if there's a problem and and Greg can't can't do the job and it's it's clear by the time uh, camp is over. You, you look and see what's on the street, and then you go from there. But I just think that, you know, I think the other the other side of this d- debate is that 
if you're overthinking this, then I'm already nervous because you're kind of pre-committing to kicking field goals too many times. You know, it's you're you're yeah. already if you're right. already like wasting an extra roster spot to, to have a kicking competition, that to me indicates that you plan on kicking attempting too many field goals next year. I think the other thing about this is I think Forbath is I think your floor as a kicker, right? I mean, I know he made all 10 kicks last year, but you, there's a reason why yeah. that guy is available yeah. in free agency all the time, right? It's because he doesn't have a strong leg. He's not great on kickoffs. Um, he, he just doesn't offer you very much besides some consistency between 40 and 49 yards. And even then throughout his career, he's been shaky. So that guy is going to be available when we get to September 1st and right before games. And actually, there's some guys like him that are still available in free agency between Stephen Guskowski, Ryan Suckup, uh, Adam Vinatieri is out there. So a lot of those guys that don't have the really strong leg but are consistent from, you know, 35 to 45 yards. Zerlion has much more upside, one of the strongest, you know, legs in all of football. If he struggles in camp, you know, if we get to middle of August and he's just not kicking well, then you go out and you bring back in Forbath. But uh, I think at this point in time, it makes sense for the Cowboys to kind of go with the kicker that, you know, gives them more upside uh, and, you know, has a chance to, uh, to, to really help out this team this year. I'm curious to see what Zerlion can do. Um, I'm, 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 I want to see if last year was just a fluke and if he was just injured and that's why his make percentage was so low. But I really feel like this is not a big deal for the Cowboys letting go of Forbath right now, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, with with everything that was happening with COVID and the changes they had to make to the rosters, this was this was really, this is kind of a no-brainer. I mean, they had to cut down right. the roster an extra 10 spots. I mean, again, that combined with the way that training camp is going to be constructed really put a lot of strain on your ability to kind of evaluate these players. I, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm more concerned about holding on to my undrafted free agents and getting a good look at them. And, and I'll add in another reason here. Because of all of the free agent signing rules that they have, you can't bring in players yep. for workouts. It's going to be even more important that you have a short list of guys whose abilities you feel comfortable about and that potentially have been trained in your playbook. So some of yep. these guys that end up getting – cut uh before the training camp are now much more likely to be re-signed in the middle of the season if someone gets injured because they're not having as much to compete with the general unrestricted free agent market or at least they have a heads uh, like a head up on that list because they've already been inside your system you know what kind of player they are you don't necessarily you know without that ability to bring in a player a vet to to kind of pra- uh, work out without you know making some kind of commitment to signing them uh, you're probably going to feel more comfortable going with the younger player that was in your training camp that you've seen do your mm-hmm. thing in your system. So I, I think even more of a reason that the Cowboys need to you know, bring in, uh, I don't want to call them real players, but non-kicker players, as many of them, skill, skill, skill players, players. Yeah. as many of them as you can to evaluate uh, in order, not just for the, the, the initial cutdown, but to know what you know, who's out there on the street uh, if someone gets well injured or just sick. Yeah, uh, I'll give you one more reason before we close out the show. A lot of times, teams take two kickers to training camp because 
they don't want their primary yeah. kicker to wear out their leg in preseason, yeah. right? Because you have four preseasons to go. You have all these kicking, all extra points, kickoffs. Well, with no preseason games, you don't really have to worry about tiring your place kicker's legs out. So I think this is even more of a, a reason why the Cowboys are comfortable going into camp uh, with just Greg Zerline. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.